It's time for episode 363 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we have only half an hour. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across this vast and ever-changing internet by my good friend, my co-host, and my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How you doing, Micah? Huh, isn't that 15 minutes, half of half an hour? Oh or, God, are we, we half going, an hour? What, Don't burn what the are we time. Doing here? This is all we've got. <laughs> you think uh, after 363 episodes, we would know. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I've got uh, two air purifiers running at the moment, and that's keeping me, you know, Hale and happy and healthy. And, and very pure. Very pure. Yes, exactly. And incredibly pure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what else is pure? The two guests that we have invited on this week. <laughs> to my left, it is our good friend, the co-host of Analog here at Relay FM, and another little podcast, Accidental Tech Podcast. It's Casey Liss. Welcome back, Casey. Hello. How is everyone? And to my left is the community manager at micro.blog, as well as a prolific podcaster, including a delicious podcast about Voyager, uh, SestraCast, The Weekly Review, and uh, App Camp for Girls founder, duh, it is Gene <laughs> McDonald, and I am so happy to have you here. How are you doing, Gene? Um, as I say, you know, I am doing well under the circumstances that is a great way to put <laughs> aren't, aren't we all uh well let me kick things off today apple has announced they're having an event next week Woo! is there anything you are excited about that might be at this particular event or has 2020 just sort of dampened your enthusiasm for tech altogether? casey bring me bring me some excitement some joy something oh i'm gonna try you know i I don't even know what to be excited about, right? You know, time is a flat circle, ha ha ha, you know, (laughs) nobody really knows what day it is, ha ha ha. But really, like, I don't know, without a WWDC proper, which I think we're going to talk about later on, and everything just seems off and weird. And so I am excited, but I don't know what to be excited about. I guess it's going to be watch stuff. And so if that's the case, I would be most excited to hear of battery life improvements for the Apple Watch because I'm on the latest and greatest Apple Watch. What is that? Series 5 now, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I am on the small wristed version of it, the 40 millimeter, if I remember correctly. And mine is a cellular one. And I don't use the cellular feature all that terribly often, but I will tell you that of late, you know, almost a year on, it has been much more difficult for me to last an entire day, even without necessarily using cellular, last an entire day on my my little boy watch, my, <laughs> my 40 millimeter watch. And that is really frustrating. And I don't feel like I'm in the market for a new watch this year. Remind me of this in a week. But <laughs> nonetheless, uh, it would be great to have battery life improvements that wouldn't require me to sacrifice like the always on screen. So battery life on the watch, if you please. I, it was weird. I was talking to uh, Leo yesterday about uh, the the event that's happening. Um, and what I'm honestly excited about is the idea that uh, this event is likely not to include iPhones simply because uh, the Apple September iPhone event has been quote unquote a thing for such a long time. And so to not have the iPhone event 
in September and uh, to to be focused on potentially these these Apple Watches and a new iPad and maybe some other AR stuff. I just think it's interesting. It's interesting because it's different. They zagged when I thought they would zig. And that in and of itself is uh, something that I'm looking forward to because as a person who has to cover this stuff regularly each and every week, it can get kind of boring whenever the events take place and exactly what you expect happens. So just a a change in things is interesting and exciting to me. And so that is where I'm finding my enthusiasm and my silver lining, as it were, uh, with this upcoming event. What about you, Jean? Well, I um, I went from, from Apple Watch 0 to 5 last year, oh. so I'm not in the market for a new one. I seem <laughs> to do okay without upgrading every year. Um, iPad, I most recently upgraded as well to not the latest, latest iPad Pro, but the one before that, and I love it. And so they were... There's no way they're going to get money out of me for those two things. Uh, There's just no way. Um, But the thing that I am looking forward to is just watching it, because this will be our second Big Apple event that's done without an audience. And I really enjoyed WWDC's presentations, and I think it's going to be fun to watch. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. No, I think there's something to that. I kind of agree with where Micah was going. I, as someone, I, I not as not as dr- dramatic as Gene, but I went from a series zero to a four, and then I skipped the five. I, I will probably skip the six too, unless there's something that's super compelling there. Like I'm, I'm still very happy with my series four. Um, and iPad wise, I have the last Pro from the um, before they did the makeover. I have the ten point five inch, so I'm not sure that I'd be in the market for a new iPad Air. I just don't know. Um, so, but I think I, I think I'm unlikely to buy a new iPad. So for me, what I'm excited about is the wild cards, because I feel like there are a lot of them out there right now. There's a lot of stuff floating around that we've heard rumors about, but there's no concrete information about when we might see it, whether it's the AirTags or the over-the-head Apple uh, AirPods or whatever. Like, there's a lot of stuff that Apple has been repeatedly working on. I'm always excited to see Apple uh, do anything that pushes the envelope or, or do anything that's unexpected, as Micah was saying. And for me, I think that's a big part of what I'm looking forward to is just... I'm looking for something potentially bold. I'm hopeful. Maybe maybe this isn't the event for it. Maybe there's other stuff coming later in the fall. It certainly seems like there's enough on their plate. But I am I'm here for a little bit of that and a little bit of Gina saying like just to see the show. It's always fun, like, you know, to have like a TV show to geek out with your friends about. And so this is our, our Apple nerd chance to have <laughs> that that show that we all get to to sit around the water cooler and talk about. So we'll see what happens and we'll be back to discuss it next week. Thanks for all your answers. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Casey. So finding joy can be kind of hard these days. What's one small thing you're either doing or aspiring to do to find some joy? Baking again. I know it's not really, really techie, um, but baking has long been something that brings me joy. Uh, In high school for a while, I had a little bit of a, a, cake decoration business on the side and I would make kind of like those cake boss cakes big uh, baby bottle shaped <laughs> cakes for um, for baby showers and uh, no gender reveal parties I <laughs> stay very far away from those um, you know palm cake shaped cakes and all kinds of fun stuff like that and so I uh, routinely return to that and currently I had uh, overnight a 
chocolate cake cooling because I'm making my now famous uh, triple chocolate three layer mousse cake, and um, it's it takes like it's a it takes like two hours just to prep and make the make the thing before you put it all together. But it's so worth it in the end, and it's just it's uh, meditative. And then on the side, I'm also learning. Uh, crochet and crochet is fun because you can kind of just zone out while you do it so yeah those things are are bringing me joy and peace more importantly important question micah what is the shipping situation on the cake oh um yes. i'll have to get back to you because they may melt on the way there mm. or they might yeah. taste it could i guess it could be a smoked chocolate cake Ooh. Um, <laughs> sounds kind of good gene what have you got for us this year I did a thing I never had planned um, or envisioned for my home, which is I have an outdoor TV now. Oh. Um, my brother came over one night carrying a TV, and he, he's my brother's a little quirky, and he said, like, let's watch something outside. I'm, and he brought a power, power thing to power it, because I don't have electrification out there. And and we had so much fun, and I was like, I could totally see getting a big TV that just sort of sits right inside the garage, and people could sit outside and watch it. And so over the course of the last month, I've acquired a big, my biggest TV ever, which you guys will probably laugh, but it's 43-inch. <laughs> is, um, it's Amazon Fire-enabled, which I thought would just make it easier, you know, to not have to plug anything into mm-hmm. it. And then I, I bought a little generator you know, uh, electric generator for it. And I've had TV night in the backyard. You, only two or three people can come, depending on whether they're a, a, in a couple or a family, because <laughs> uh, I don't have that much space to, and the TV's not really big enough to have like some kind of big audience. But uh, yeah. For me, two things, one of which is the the tough part of this for me is really the the lack of the social connection, being able to see people. So finding ways to uh, supplement that. And uh, I will say one of my cousins has embarked, she started earlier in this year, deciding that since we couldn't gather for people's birthdays, what we would do is we would each film little videos and she would edit them all together. And they would all have themes depending on the person we were having videos for. And then we'd have a little Zoom party and we'd all watch the video together, etc. And it's been delightful. I think she uh, bit off a little more than she can chew when she realized, you know, thinking back in March or something when she started doing this and all of a sudden it's September and the birthdays, you know, we have a fairly large family. So <laughs> they start to add up and she's had like a lot more work and she's like, I, I don't know this is so the closest thing i've got from sort of a hobby perspective is i started doing more programming this year uh which is kind of been <laughs> this weird thing where like i used to be a uh, web developer guy years and years and years ago and i've ended up with all these little tasks recently where i've started doing more and more like dusting off my php skills and finding ways to do little fix little things or provide little services and that's actually been a lot of fun because i like having like little discrete tasks where it's not like I'm building, I'm not building a whole app. I'm not a developer, but like I can write these little scripts and write little things that provide these handy little piece of information. And it's a lot of fun to be able to solve a problem, a discrete problem, be like, oh, I can't do this thing. Now I can do this thing. It feels very satisfying to me. So that's been my little, uh, one of my little hobbies that I've picked up, I guess. So I've got two answers. One is the on-brand answer, and that is that I acquired a, hand, a three, a handful of Raspberry Pis, three Raspberry Pis <laughs> over the year, and I've used them for very and sundry things. Uh, you can hear some of that on ATP over, I don't know, the first 
few episodes in the pandemic, but basically I now uh, have an awareness as to whether or not my garage door is open by a little light bulb in my in my um, bedroom right by my de- or right by my bed that turns on when the garage door is open. Additionally, I've been playing with BitBar mm-hmm. lately, uh, which a lot of people have been talking about recently, and so now I have a little emoji of a lock on, on in my Mac menu uh, bar indicating that the garage door is indeed closed. That is my nerdy on-brand answer. My The answer that I was going to bring up that actually got me thinking about this question is, do you guys, do, do any of you do this? This is probably a really dumb thing that I shouldn't <laughs> share publicly, but I have to bring this content clockwise so I get invited back, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, for the last, I don't know, five years plus, I have been trying to convince low-flying small aircraft to wave to me so if i see like a cessna flying over my flying over my house i always stop what i'm doing and look up and wave vigorously and not one time have any of them done the like pitch the wings back and forth dance you know which is like the 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 aeronautical equivalent of a wave i have tried so many times y'all hasn't worked once but it's gonna work it will work. work and so my 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 six-year-old at this point is like, oh, dad, little plane, little plane. And so we'll wave and it's for naught. But one of these days, y'all, it's going to happen. So I'm going to find joy. All right. That is Two Topics Down, Two Topics to Go here at Clockwise, which, of course, means it is halftime. And this week's episode is brought to you by The Uptake, a new show on all things tech and community from Microsoft. It's fun to find new podcasts to listen to that touch upon subjects that you might not be familiar with or perhaps things that you're always interested in, but you didn't know you were interested in it. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, The Uptake covers topics in the world of tech, as well as how-tos on professional learning, development, and community building. Each episode features members of the tech community. The conversations are pretty fun. Each show has a focused topic, guest interviews, local and global community news, plus updates on events, conferences, and more. And just so you have an idea of what to expect, I want to tell you about some of the topics you might be interested in that were on previous episodes. They've talked about personal and career go- growth, along with imposter syndrome, and a topic they call less code, more power. I listened to one episode I really enjoyed, which was about sketch noting, which is when you go to a uh, listen to a talk or something, and instead of just writing your notes down, you do little little doodles and drawings that help you sort of conceptualize ideas that were done in it. As someone who really struggles with their drawing ability, I just really enjoy seeing the way that people uh, use that to make more creative notes and perhaps even help remember information better. I thought that was a really cool idea. So, yeah, something worth checking out. Go and listen to it now. Just search for The Uptake wherever you get your podcasts. That's U-P-T-A-K-E, or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to Up The Uptake and Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over. Micah, what is your topic? My topic is about NFC. I'm curious, outside of tap to pay, how, if at all, are you using NFC? Gene? Well, my geek cred points will take a hit now because I had to Google <laughs> that I didn't know there were any other uses. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, uh, apparently, there are no guinea pig applications of mm, NFC. Sadly. Yet. I will, Yet. I will say, cede my time today. <laughs> <laughs> NFC is one of those things I want to use more. So I do have one NFC sticker in my house that I, I think I got from Matthew Casanelli at, at WWZ one year. Uh, and the idea was I would go for a walk. And sometimes I would be listening to music and I would come back into the house and I would think, oh, man, I want to just continue the music I'm playing, but put it on my HomePods instead. And so I made a little shortcut. And in theory, I could tap my phone on the NFC sticker and it would transfer it to the uh, HomePods in my office. 
And I really love this idea. I just found that the implementation was kind of lackluster. It's been, uh, you know, it didn't work very well in previous versions of iOS, and I've sort of gotten out of the habit of doing it. And now also because my wife is home a lot of the time, I don't want to immediately blast her with music when I come in from my walk. <laughs> so I figured that was nice. Um, the other thing that I'm intrigued to try out, which I haven't, and I just saw an announcement about this this morning, um, the, is it Ubico is the, the company that makes security keys. Um, and they just released a new one that's got a... Um, uh, uh, NFC and USB-C. And I've kind of been interested in playing around with these things and the idea that one has USB-C and NFC seems like, oh, well, that will basically, once I eventually upgrade my MacBook, like I can plug it into any of my devices at that point. So that's something, the security angle is something I've been intrigued in. I, I love the idea of NFC, but I feel like there aren't enough good applications, but maybe I'm missing something. Casey, any exciting NFC applications for you? So I think I also got a NFC sticker from Casnelli at WWDC a year or two back, and I put that to use. I stuck it in the sunglass holder of my car, and what I can do is, if I unlock my phone and just wave my phone against the sunglass holder, I have a shortcut set up that will, you know, back when I left the house, that will tell my wife Erin, "Hey, I'm on my way home, and I'll be there in approximately X mm. minutes." And that was really convenient. Uh, she is not the person who demands this. I am what I like to call a, rever a reverse stalker. And I like to tell her of my whereabouts all the time, even though she really does not care. But be that as it may, um, this is a very embarrassing episode for me, but here we are. Uh, so anyways, I can just wave my phone and it'll send her a text saying, hey, you know, Casey's on his way. He'll be there in a few minutes. I also have one that I got on Amazon. They're super cheap. I don't remember how much they are, but they're very, very cheap. And I got one. I stuck it on my bedside table, actually right by the aforementioned LED indicating the garage status. And if I go to like go to sleep at night or if I have the opportunity to take a nap or something, I can wave my phone in front of that NFC sticker. It'll set do not disturb for the appropriate amount of time uh, based on what time of day it is. It'll um, turn dark mode on my phone. And it does a couple other things. Oh, it'll actually uh, SSH into my computers and turn the volume all the way down. Oh, wow. So this way yeah. I don't hear like an IM from across oh, the room. That's clever. Um, yeah, which, which was, I'm really happy about. So it's basically the, I'm going to sleep, do not bother me <laughs> shortcut, uh, which, I'm, I, which I use pretty much every single day. So that you, can, it, it can, you can do really incredible things with shortcuts in NFC. But it did take me a long time, especially after I think, Micah, you were the, one of the first people to bring this to my attention. After hearing Micah talk about it for forever, it took me a long time to really wrap my head around, well, where can I get a good use out of this? And that's what I've come up with so far. I love that. I thought that I was going to get to be smug and be like, yeah, I'm using NFC in all these ways. And then Casey just drops all these great uses for it. Good. I'm, I'm happy. Um I use, I've been adding even more NFC tags to my system. You can get a, a roll of them for not too much money. Um, and I, I just find new ways to use them. So one of my favorite ways to use it is uh, there's medicine that I have to take every day. And so I have an NFC tag on top of the pill bottle that the medicine is inside. And I have reminders set up so that I take the medicine as needed. But my problem is, I, in the past at least, I would get distracted and forget to say, mm -hmm. you know, hit the, the thing that says, yes, I took that medicine. Um, so now all I do is before I open the pill bottle, I tap my phone on the top and it marks that reminder as done that I, I took the medicine. Um, I also, I don't have to do this very much anymore, but for a while, um, there was uh, SSRI that I was taking that raised my blood pressure. And so I had to routinely check my blood pressure, you know, once a once a week or something like that. Um, so I had a an NFC tag set up on 
moment where I would scan it and it would uh, give me prompts and it would say, you know, what's the systolic, what's the diastolic, and then it would mark those for me in the health app. So I could do that automatically while I was checking my blood pressure, get those logged and not have to worry about it. Um, I also have one set up. It took a long time to get this because uh, Apple, for some reason, doesn't make toothbrushing available as one of the um, health record options. It's sort of a separate thing. Uh, But you can download the app Streaks and Streaks has uh, the ability to log your toothbrushing. And I I always, you know, go the full two minutes because I've got a toothbrush that lets me know. But I just I'm all about the quantified self. And so I have a uh, NFC sticker uh, next to my toothbrush and next to the charger. I can tap on that and then it marks that, you know, I've brushed my teeth for two minutes and I brush my teeth. There are lots of diff- different NFC things. Oh, and I, I do have currently a YubiKey um, NFC and USB A uh, on my on my keychain, but uh, I'm planning on upgrading to that USB C one uh, soon because yes, that's much better. Um, yeah, thank you all for your awesome answers on that, and I hope that uh, you try out even more NFC uh, stuff because it's a lot of fun. Gene, what is your topic? My topic is our favorite annual geek gatherings. It sure is sad to miss out on seeing people in person and socializing. And I wouldn't have met the three of you if there hadn't been in-person gatherings. But I'm interested in whether you've attended any conferences remotely this year and what went well or perhaps even better while adjusting to reality of 2020. I haven't really attended any. I did one panel at the Gen Con Writers Symposium um, and other than that, uh, you know, so many of the events that I uh, normally would go to, there weren't, people were less organized in terms of trying to find a way to make them pivot to virtual, or it was something like, uh, WWDC where Apple, you know, decided to change the way it was doing it. And I think a lot of us were like, well, we don't really have a good framework necessarily for having virtual events to go alongside of it. So, you know, there wasn't really anything comparable this year. Um, and so I think what's nice about it is the flexibility of attending some of these events. It's very democratizing to not have to go to a specific place and get your hotel reservations and get your plane flights and all that. Um, and it's nice to be able to um, consume this stuff. I think that the challenge is, you know, as with everything that we're doing online and via video conferencing, we've all realized the shortcomings of the format, whether it be just, you know, the difficulty in having the right equipment, um, having good internet connections that are reliable and all that stuff that makes this a pain. So I will say, I feel like there's a lot of potential for virtual events and it's only been, you know, in the fact that it's only been six months that we've all been dealing with this and that so many events have, have still happened in some form or another, I feel like it makes me hopeful that as things will go and progress and improve and we'll learn from these experiences, that they'll be even better in the future. And even then, hopefully, when we're in a, in a world where we can go back to conferences in person, it means the digital side of the offerings will still be really good. I've got my fingers crossed for that. Casey, what about you? Yeah, so I haven't attended anything other than kind of sort of WWDC, but I was on vacation at that particular point in time because why would there be WWDC at the end of June? <laughs> it could never happen. Um, and so I only watched a few sessions. Uh, I will echo what's been said throughout this entire episode that I did. I think Gene most especially was saying that 
you know, the new, new WWDC has been very, very good. And I did like that they played with the format some. I liked the way the sessions were shorter and weren't padded to an hour just because that's what they needed to fill, you know, to, to get the room changes to happen when they needed to happen. A lot of it I liked, but holy smokes, did I miss seeing all of you lovely folks and so many listeners and other friends and podcasters and developers. And I, I miss the in-person stuff so, so deeply. So uh, I don't know what what to say about 2021, like in this fantasy world where the world is, well, no longer ending, I would love to be able to have kind of the best of both worlds. Although I don't know what that looks like. Um, maybe it's a more casual WDC. Maybe it's a keynote and little else, you know, so the, th- the show doesn't last all week. I don't know. Um, but I feel like a lot of positive strides are being made amongst many different conferences. And I think that this will definitely be brought into the way conferences are held henceforth. Financially, in the past, uh, the only way that I could go to any of these events was if it was uh, provided by, you know, the company that I worked for. And so I was uh, lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, to um, have been able to attend WWDC by way of uh, iMore and Mobile Nations uh, back in the day. But now that I'm sort of in a, a a more financially steady place, it's kind of a bummer that that comes at the same time that all of this clicks into place <laughs> because there was, uh, you know, a planned event for some folks to get together, uh, you know, podcasters to get together. And there were these different in-person geek events that were supposed to take place. And I was really looking forward to finally being able to uh, attend those and get to hang out with folks that I talked to on the internet. And so I, I did not, I've not done any virtual conferences this year. Um, but I've just kind of been a little bit pouty, a little bit mopey about the fact that it's it had to happen at the same time that I felt I was finally going to be able to, oh, yeah, you can go to this conference that, you know, normally you would not get to go to. Uh, you'll get to hang out with your friends there. And then, you know, everything took place. So uh, hopefully <laughs> there's some future where <laughs> I'll be able to do that again. But I guess we'll find out. Gene, why don't you round us out? Well, um, one of the reasons I asked the question is that I had a really good experience last month um, with the 360i Dev conference, um, which normally takes place in Denver. Um, and a big shout out to John Wilker, who runs that program. Um, I've been going for several years, and it's it's a medium sized conference. Uh, you know, like you, not not a hundred people, but not a thousand, and. Uh, it it really went well. I actually enjoyed, just like I did with WWDC, watching the presentations. And also, every presentation had its own Slack channel. So people could talk. It was almost like you were oh, tweeting at, during the presentation with the other people there. And the presenter, because the presenter had, you know, had recorded his present his or her presentation. Oh, and, um, oh that's so, so smart. It was really good. I highly recommend if somebody is um thinking of going remote to check out 360 iDev. And uh I got to see people use software I hadn't seen before for something called open broadcaster software mm-hmm. and another thing called mm-hmm, which uh 
I'm interested in because not only would I like to be able to give talks again, even if they're remote, I also think they'll be great uh, resources just for giving a presentation, say, about Microdot blog, you know, new features or whatever that that will be more than just me staring into the camera and flipping back and forth between a slideshow. There was some really interesting stuff. And, and we did manage to do karaoke, uh, <laughs> online karaoke. <laughs> so I feel I kept up my end of the bargain because that's something I've organized for the group. Um, I hope in the future, as has been mentioned already, that these really good online components uh, become integrated into an in-person thing so that it is more democratized. Because it was great to see people at this conference who would normally never be able to travel to Denver. Now, some of them had to stay up until the middle of the night, but still cheaper (laughs) than traveling to Denver. (laughs) All right. That is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. Before we do, I just want to mention it is September. And of course, September is the month for uh, Relay to raise money for St. Jude. So this September, join Relay FM in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in honor of Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Childhood cancer remains a leading cause of death by disease for children under the age of 15. Children undergoing treatment for cancer and other life-threatening diseases often need transfusions, physical, and cognitive therapy. Your gift can help St. Jude provide the best care and treatment for patients. Visit stjude.org slash relay today to help save St. Jude kids. Again, that's stjude.org slash relay to donate now. And we all thank you here. All right, bonus topic this week. It's the weekend. You're having a special breakfast. What is it very quickly, Casey? Uh, I would have to say my wife Erin's French toast. I used to be a bigger fan of her Belgian waffles, but she has made a habit of, you know, maybe once a month getting some French bread and making some delicious French toast. I like my French toast where it's so full of egg, it's basically disintegrating on your plate, and uh, she does an excellent job of that. So, Waffles with peanut butter. Ooh. <laughs> it's going with chocolate chip pancakes with lots of whipped cream on top. If I'm cooking, uh, I make the French toast. If my wife's cooking, it's pancakes. All right. Thanks nice. for that you've reached the end of the show all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week casey list thank you so much for being here thank you as always pleasure is mine and gene mcdonald thank you so much for joining us it was a real pleasure as usual and michael will be back next week but until then we remind everybody listening out there watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody bye